Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. All right, welcome to The Nero Show does a retail special. We have GC Performance, yes, YouTube's very own GC Performance joining us. We have Jesse Coyle, and we are going to go pretty much into everything that's ever been thought about bikes and retail. We're going to talk what bike Jesse Coyle should ride, where the industry wants us to go. Guys, this is a good one. All right, let's get into it. How much influence do you feel you have as a shop owner when someone comes in on the floor? Do you especially with the internet now, because I don't really go into bike shops that often. So I will say I would find it surprising if people are still going into bike shops and, and the guy on the sales floor is really moving the needle in terms of what they're buying. Or am I? Yeah, I mean... They still make a difference? Yeah, yeah, you are coming in. I mean, I think I'm very similar to you where if I'm looking to buy something like a truck, like a car, I do my due diligence at home. I go on the internet. I look at every kind of spec there is. I kind of know what I want before I go into the shop. But you will be surprised at how many people come to my store that say they're just looking. And then as we get talking, we look at a $2,000 bike, a $6,000 bike, an $8,000. And then they kind of pull the trigger on an $8,000 bike where they didn't know the specs of that. Um, but yeah, I definitely think now that I have the internet, which I don't try to use, um, I do have people to come to my store, which is very weird to me. I'm still getting used to this. That like I'll see them come into my store and I, where, where I work at, I work at the back of the shop. So like you're, you guys are over there. I'm working back here. They make eye contact with me and I kind of feel that they know me. I'm like, oh, okay, like, I think they know me <laughs> from YouTube or whatever. <laughs> and they'll kind of walk around and they'll come up to the counter and they're like, you do the YouTube here, right? I'm like, yeah. Like, oh, cool. Yeah. So what do you think about the wind space wheels? Or what do you think about the hyper wheels? Or I was looking at these, I was looking at getting this and I'll kind of go into a very easy conversation. Cause I don't want to be that kind of guy that like, Hey, you come to my store, buy this, you know, like, like I like, I enjoy having those conversations. Cause one, I think is really cool to get recognized. I never thought that would be something like that, but I do have, they're asking me, I always feel like they're asking me loaded questions. Like, like they, already they know probably the know the answer to, or, or they already know have, the answer to it. Yeah, yeah. 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 But they, but they want me to kind of just reassure them which I feel like is just, I'm like, yeah, you know, it is. And then they usually end up do buying the product for me. This is another question. I got a question for you, Grant, because I don't know how bike shops work. Okay, let's yeah. say I buy uh, I buy an SL7. Mm. And I look at, because I've been looking at new bikes, I'm looking at the specs and it's like handlebar, uh, stem length, 100 millimeter, handlebar width, 42s. But I don't want either of those. So if yeah. I buy a bike from you, do I then have to pay to get, for example, the handlebar and stem changed or so you spec that? So um, in, in hindsight, like, like if you just ask me a question, yes. But if you're in my store and this is make or break for the sale, 
I would probably just eat the cost of the stem, swap it out, eat the cost of the uh, handlebar and swap it out. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it, it definitely like if you're just asking me, like walking by the store, like, hey, would you swap this out? I'd be like, no. But like if you're like, hey, like I want this bike. I like this color. I think I'm ready to do it, but I don't like that stem. I'll be like, OK, I'll work with you. Okay, but, but then so that cost you're having to eat that cost. It's not like specialized can. No, they don't. They usually don't in. swap it out. Yeah. Um, I've also had people ask me for different cassette sizes, different crank uh, lengths, and mm. if I have it in stock and it's gonna make or break the sale, I'll try to. I don't like to because a crank is obviously uh, something big to keep back in stock. But the stem and handlebar, we usually have that stuff on 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 stock. Okay, so it's only yeah. really the online brands if you're ordering it when you yeah if you're selecting that when you order the bike yeah pretty much there's not really any other brands that will do that for free that's a pretty big thing for me I'm factor does it i mean a factor I, I know factor does that for sure where you can pick your stem length yeah well the the canyons canyons really confusing because you don't even get an option like if you go on the website and you you buy a bike it's like you don't even get an option to choose the handlebars i know you can obviously the width isn't a big deal because you've got the the funky move it in move it out system yeah but yeah there's no stem stem options it's very weird because you would think that they would lead that that kind of innovative where they they were one of the first people to pioneer it and then you would think they would follow suit with everyone else but yeah i i just Frank noticed Lanks, that someone no commented on the video nothing yeah yep very yeah. Weird. i got another random one for you grant um because okay the price of bikes have gone up a lot but also mm -hmm. i'm looking at like the price of um the price of servicing like it's quite expensive so yes. Like the cost to actually build a bike would be pretty expensive. Like what state are you getting bikes in when they're new? And does that, that change brand to brand? Uh, frame sets are, are bare minimum. It's just a frame and then we choose it up and build it up. And if they're buying everything from us, we normally don't charge for a frame build up. If they're buying components, wheels, frame, we won't charge. Um, a full bike though literally comes, I mean, you got to think that these brands like Specialized I Sell are going consumer direct now. So they're coming as close as they can to being built up. Um, but you're seeing the the more higher end stuff with the hydraulic cables, the internal routing, that's still kind of left uh, for us to kind of put the cables to the handlebar, trim it, run the wires. Um, and again, we don't obviously charge for that, but, uh, oh yeah, because my light fell. Um, but yeah, it's it's very weird. And, and about the service part too, uh, our basic tune-up at the time of COVID, it was sixty bucks. I think we only raised it by seventy five dollars during that COVID time, and still that same mm -hmm. price. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's really. I, I definitely have seen a huge influx number of of bicycle mechanics. I've definitely have seen a huge influx number of bicycle stores since COVID, and uh, and it gives the consumer a lot of power because if they have one little hiccup at any store, they can kind of go wherever they want. You know, there's mm. there's such a pickings for mechanics nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. this because I got, a, well, I'm building up a secondhand by, uh, frame. And then by the time you actually factor in the cost of a full build from scratch from a shop, it's pretty expensive. And then, see, I was curious to see where that cost gets held a, a, on a new a bike. A full build for us, like, if you brought, if you just brought in all your stuff for me and uh, uh, it was a full hydraulic disc build, it'll probably be cutting the steer and everything, probably around like 300, 250 to 350, depending on how much yeah. integration there is. Yeah. What about if you're a cheapskate Jesse Coyle and you buy, so you're doing, you bought the the frame secondhand and you're taking in your sort of three-year-old bike and you say, Grant, uh, we need, I want to move all this across, you know, there's that's almost like half a day's work, I would have thought. 
Yeah, it is. It, uh, 250, 300 probably still. Yep. It sucks, but it has to be competitive. No, no, no. Gyoji. Uh, Chris, I don't identify as a cheapskate. I identify oh, as a value-oriented <laughs> consumer. Or, now, or you have YouTube now, and you can just do it all at home. Mm. I mean, yeah. literally, you, yeah, you seem it. to be videos everywhere now for these stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's a day and opportunity cost I'll never get back. I'd rather take <laughs> yeah. it to the shop. I don't know. The other kind of thing I wouldn't mind quickly chatting about maybe was the, the Chinese group set stuff. Because I know you want to maybe just intro it a bit, Jesse, in terms of like if you bought one, like what happens here? Well, I just, yeah, the balls I'd have to have to rock up to my local shop with an L2 group set and ask them to build it up. I don't know. I don't, don't think I'd have the, the shame to do that. But even if I did, uh, um, sure. are they going to... Because, yeah, on the show, I think we mentioned, are they going to essentially guarantee that that product's safe and stand by it? You know, because you've got that element of they're almost, if they're installing it, it's then sort of their responsibility that the thing works is safe um so yeah do you have you done any of those builds i haven't done any of the chinese electronic stuff but i do i mean that's the one thing that scares me is the batteries i've heard a ton about like the chinese electronic uh or e-bikes with the batteries kind of catching fire as they charge over home so one would have to be what their liability insurance is as a company uh i don't know how to be but the one thing i will say about l2 and, and this whole new uh mindset of where this product is going with the frames with the wheels with the group sets i myself was just like that with the bicycle where if you brought me a frame into my store uh that was considered a china bike or china wheels or something i would definitely probably shoo you guys away and say hey it's not for us it's not something we want to do ever since i became into youtube and i've seen more of it and had my hands on it i talked with joe from china cycling um and he kind of backs up this product and stuff like that and I get to see it and test, I'm, I'm more open to it. Like I've seen where uh, guys who watch my channel say, hey, I have just kind of like this open mold carbon frame that I need some, uh, some mechanical wires run through. And I'm more open to that as well. And this new L2 stuff that, that electronic group set is, if just from the video, it looks phenomenal. I mean, for the price point that they stated, I think they said it was going to be like 800 bucks for shifters, front rear derailleur, battery, wires, and 12 speed. like. I mean, that's that's unheard of. I mean, to compare it to these other guys, it really does have to make sure that Shimano, SRAM, get their ducks in order, put out a competitive product at that price point, because I've been talking around and I've been asking if I can get L2 as a retailer, because I would love to be a one of the first in the States to have something like that, because, I mean, I don't know if there's margin in it. I don't know how it's going to sell, but their packaging looks good. Their product looks good from what I've seen. And I think it could be a new era. I don't know. Unless unless Shimano or SRAM puts out something that's in that sub a thousand to twelve hundred bucks for a group set. Um it's it's a really it's a really good looking product. So do you think like influence wise on the market, how do you think that's gonna impact it in terms of do you think it's more impacting the price or is that gonna impact a Shimano gonna have to release some sort of maybe a Tiagra? Hyper shifting on i don't know how i can shift any better no I, I don't think the shifting i think they just need a lower price point um like i've i've heard rumors of sram maybe taking one step down from rival and maybe going to apex they got two by 12 i don't know if it's coming out i've heard rumors of it i've heard rumors of uh shimano 105 maybe coming out with a mechanical 12 speed as well um and bringing down that price point anything to get away from because these new groups that are coming out by these group these companies sram is 1600 bucks uh, Shimano's $2,000 for 105 Di2. I mean, 
those group sets used to be like like the people's group sets. You could buy a full 105 group set for $700. It's, I don't know. It's, it is crazy. And it's definitely, it's hindered my market in terms of the customers at $3,000, $4,000 price point. They're looking at other options. Um, but it's, it's a very weird time in the cycle. What other options do they have? If someone comes in and they don't, they don't want to spend more than, let's say, more than three thousand. Use market. I mean, I mean, you're. I'm seeing people get. I had a customer bring me in a two thousand, a two thousand and eighteen S Works SL six, CLX fifty wheel set Altegra Di two eleven speed, and he got offer from Pro's Closet thirty eight hundred bucks. And he's like, hey, if you know anyone wants to buy for four, I was like, that's a beautiful bike. It was pristine. I mean, that bike literally that that year was twelve grand. So, or 10 grand without Ultegra Dia 2. So there's a, that, that used market right now is so saturated or inflated or whatever terminology you're What did you say there? Pro's closet. What's that? Uh, that's, that's, um, well, I don't want to plug them. Yeah. I'm just oh. kidding. No, 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 I'm just kidding. No, uh, it's I've literally a, never it's heard a, of it. Yeah. No. So it's a website that you can go on to and it's kind of like a Kelly blue book, like an auto trader for cars where like you go to that website, uh, you can put in the exact spec of your bike. They'll give you an offer of how much they'll buy it for. And it's kind of like cash in hand. It's going to be lower than what you'll do for private selling, but they'll buy it cash in hand or they'll give you more money if you trade in for one of their inventory bikes. Oh, and then what? They they sell it on? And then they sell it on their website and they have a mass, oh. they have a ton of inventory. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Crazy. Dude, dude. Yeah, crazy. Wow, 1,589 15, 15, new and used bikes for sale. And I actually heard that they bought a lot of inventory during that COVID time. And now they're loaded up on all this massive used inventory. So they actually bought a retail space, I believe, in Colorado. And like use it as a shop front to be like, hey, check out our used bikes. Which is kind of like the whole opposite of their business model. But mm. So you, you've mm. spoken to Joe a bit about the, the China cycling stuff. The was it Panda Podium thing? Um, Jesse asked that question. We were both sort of not discussing it a little bit the other week. Like how, so is he, would he then be... So would Podium, Panda Podium be like a distributor in the US? Like, and how would that work? Like, because I assume like Windspace and stuff like that has a distributor in the US and then you can also buy from Panda Podium. You got any yeah. insight into that? I don't know how he's going to do it. I know that he's making it. It's, that's completely all on him and he's doing it the right way. I just asked some questions in terms of, I said, hey, you got to get some kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, confidence. Give the consumer confidence yeah. of buying that. Yeah. Like, cause when I bought from AliExpress, I bought my L2 group set and it yeah. got lost and I spent money and I did a dispute and they don't care. Give the yeah. consumer some kind of money back guarantee. Um, someone they can complain to that's going to listen. And if you do that and you have these products in your hand that, like you said, Joe, he knows these products. He's not going to sell stuff, especially if it's his own site. Um, yeah, I, I think. I don't know how it's going to work with a U.S. distributor, but I told him as well. I was like, hey, I'm here. If you need help on the ground over here, I'm always open. And uh, I, I I love that kind of product. I think it's it's making a huge wave. Because you said, remember, Jesse, you, you, do you want to do that anecdote about the, the was it the Windspace wheels in the shop that we were chatting about? In the way oh, back? yeah. So this is, yeah. So this is another thing that happened in a, in a shop I went to where, the Australian distributor for Windspace Wheels were looking for shops to retail the, the products at. And I was speaking to the shop owner and he was kind of saying, oh, they're selling them way too cheap. They could, they could, 
put an extra five hundred dollars on for for the for this, as we know, with the ceramic bearings and, and the carbon spokes. And I was like, well, they probably could, but it was just an interesting mentality of a shop owner to just essentially be like, oh, these are too cheap, but we should just charge more. It was almost kind of rude. I'm like, yeah, that's like, if is that your approach? to selling a product is just, well, we can charge more, so we should charge more. It was kind of, it was exactly the reason why I wouldn't want us to be a wind space product in a bike shop because the bike shops are so bloated and just essentially just make up, you know, he's essentially saying, well, we're just going to make up a price for this that's really expensive because we can. Crazy. It was kind that's, of I mean, a little bit arrogant almost. Yeah, that's that's very crazy. I'm actually, so, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm actually a wind space dealer uh, in my shop. I, I came on with Joe and I wanted his wheels and I wanted his frames. Um, and I had people the same way. I think I even had reps, uh, friends, they go, man, you guys got this stuff in stock. Why not just charge a hundred bucks more and say, Hey, it's here in stock. You can do it. I'm like, cause if they just do one quick Google search and they see my face with my wheel, the me holding the wheel and say, get these for 1200 plus 10% discount. I stock them in, in my store. And I basically say, Hey, if you want to buy them? I got them in stock. I keep about five pairs here. It's a great, um, it's a great upcharge from, like a $5,000 bike that has alloy wheels. I could basically say, hey, get this bike. I got these wheels that are this much money. I can give you 10% off because they're doing it. And it makes the bike so much cleaner. It looks good. And then we make margin off that. I mean, to upcharge and have that mentality, there are people that I know of in the area of me that uh, are kind of like mobile that I've heard doing that. But hmm. you, you, you lose too much customers like that. Yeah. Uh, to be fair, maybe this shop owner was saying that they're such a good product that they could charge more. Like to be fair, maybe the the wording was a bit different because no, they are, I, you know, they probably they are performing of a, a more expensive wheel. But it's just not how it came across to me when that shop owner said that. So just. But it's interesting though because it's like it, it brings up that sort of thing of of like cycling equipment stuff. It's it's almost like the the price that's determined is like this. It's just made up anyway. Like it's it's not doesn't seem to necessarily yeah. be based on anything except demand. Like yeah. and that seems to be why the prices just keep going up and up and up because well they're gonna keep charging more because people keep buying them. It's like the Shimano power meter. I just reckon is the perfect example because like it doesn't work. Mine doesn't work. I mean, yeah. I, I don't want to. Maybe we'll chat about this some other day, Jesse, about the weekend. But mine just went bananas again, and I was writing some world tour numbers and being dropped. And but but it's still over two. I think it's almost three thousand dollars, hmm. and you can't get them because the demand is so high. It's just like yeah, yeah even get, a product that doesn't work. I, I don't get how they didn't get it right from last. I mean, they had woes on on the eleven speed. They had issues with it last time. I don't know. It, it is a good point though, because it was like, well, you could charge more for the wind space wheels, but I'm like, it kind of has a point because the prices for a lot of stuff is just make believe anyway. It's just a la la yep. land. Just pick, pluck a number and yep, that's twenty grand. And it's like, well, well how'd you come to that price? Oh, we just sort of made it up. You got the wind space wheels over here. They're eleven hundred bucks, and then you got Princeton. Wake sixty five sixty tactic hub, which are four grand. And it's like oh, there's really four times faster than that wheel. It's, it's hard to believe. I mean, I know the Princeton's look amazing, but so or actually, well, just on that. So even if they're not four times faster, you could kind of say, well, they are. They have x extra cost in manufacturing because they do blah blah blah, or they went through this much more R and D, so blah blah blah. But I still don't think 
it's still not adding up to the prices we're seeing. I think it's still just make the yeah. price up at the end of the day anyway. <laughs> I mean, I'm a huge advocate and in stores charging. Like, like I'm I'm usually the guy to be like, hey, they're charging this much not because of other product, but they're giving you the backing, they're giving you the R and D, they're giving you the the nicer quality finish, they're giving you like just like the reassurance that you want. And I do like the Princeton wheels. That's one of our most popular selling wheels is the Wake 6560 Tactic Hub 4000 R wheels. Somehow it just sells off the shelf as soon as I have it. And where, where did that come from? Was that just from Ineos riding them? I literally had never I, seen them. Ineos I ride them, know. and suddenly now every man has dogs got Princeton works. I remember seeing them on my Instagram page with a Pinarello. He had like 8,000 followers on Instagram. And I was like, hey, I like these wheels a lot. Can we get in contact? Unbeknownst to me, I didn't know this. He actually rides on A1A down the street, the owner of the place. He's like, oh, I'd love to stop in. And uh, we talked about it. I thought, for some reason, I thought Princeton. I thought he's like in England. I don't know why. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm in Florida. I'm like, okay. So, um, but uh, he he did that. And then once Filippo, Filippo Ghana was riding on his TT bike, yeah. and it just it just set fire. I mean, and then t- then he got a deal with Team Ineos after that, and it just set fire. And they're, they look amazing. They give you color options. It's a perfect example of people like options, and people like to customize, and they want more. Wasn't that interesting on the weekend, Jesse? When, you know, I, I was in the shop or something and came back out and, the, and I had my bike there and the guy was like, oh, what do you think of the wheels? I got the, the Princeton 4550s on the, on the Factor. And I'm like, oh, they're really good. Yeah, they're, they're good. And then I'm sort of riding away and we were by like chatting. I'm like, but they're like $4,000. Like, <laughs> you know, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah, I, I just sort of. Did I just add to the the problem <laughs> yeah. by saying they're good? Like they look good. They look different. And yeah. I, I think I told him, I told uh the Mr. Mr. Marty, the owner of the place, uh the owner of the company, I said, if there's ever a way to get these wheels at a two thousand dollar price point, I think you'd sell a boatload of them. Um, but he just, you know, he wanted to say his product is premium. Uh that's not the consumer for him, and that's his product, that's what his way is, but you get those to a 2K price point, I think you'll sell a crap ton of them. But that, so that'd be on you to answer, Chris, to be like, well, they're good, but they're $4,000. You could probably go just as quick on a $2,000 wheel. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because you could, you could <laughs> literally see him looking at them, then looking at me, and he, you could see his brain thinking like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, think I, I think I might do that. Like, and I, I do feel like I should have probably pushed back a bit. And like said, you know, yeah, they'd be really good if you're trying to win the tour up the, Gibral- the Gibraltar this year. But like, honestly, like for what we're going to be doing tomorrow, half the, you know, get a Shimano, get a Shimano wheels, half the price and it might be, might be as good. But Chris, you, um, ever, you ever ride a lightweight wheel? No. So let's talk wheels. Let's have some wheel chat. Okay. Let's have some wheel chat. Um, what, do, what are you liking? Lightweight what if, wheels? What, where was that going, Grant? Yeah, where's that going? Aren't they also outdated? The, no, so they just released a lightweight. Uh, I don't sell them, but my customer, I installed them a lightweight Obermeyer Steam Evo wheel that was eight thousand six hundred dollars. Oh, this, <laughs> and it's it's crazy. Like like I never sold them. I never seen them. He brought them to me. I'm like, okay, it's it's a beautiful wheel, but two problems is is one, you can't true them. And if you have any issues, you have to send them directly back to Germany. So you're off of the bike. But I'm assuming if you have that much money, you have another wheel set. But two, 
literally you have a, a directional of which side you can put on a tire lever onto the wheel because they're so gentle or whatever they are for the wheels. Like, but again, is are those eight times faster than a wind space hyper? Or like, mm. are they that much lighter either? I mean, I think they're only like two or three hundred grams. I don't know the weight of them. Like, like a hundred grams or two hundred grams lighter. It's like, it's just the name. It's just like buying y'all. Are people so that I suppose the the froth wheel in Sydney? I reckon is the Envies. Would you agree, Jesse? That seems to be the wheel that like, if if you if you're all about performance and also want willing to spend a lot of money like the envy seems to be the one that envy's the top yeah 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 which is that is that kind of what you see no see princeton's probably a bit niche yeah we don't see that many of them here yeah uh in my area for again i'm I'm very uh, i'm we have a very uh, high income but my area is definitely princeton right now um envy and zip have in my personal opinion from what I've seen in my store, at least for sales wise, uh, have fallen off a lot from going hookless only. And uh, we used to sell zips and envies out the wazoo. And we had such demand. They had such this, this crazy, crazy uh, ecosystem and fan base that like the enthusiasts were crazy loving them. And then they went hookless only. And like people were like, hey, I want Princeton's where I can choose whether or not I want to run a tube or I want to run a different tire or whatever it is. So I really do think that they, Shot themselves in the foot in that one, but that's for me to kind of hold my tongue on. I don't. Know. Do you, do you see any of the Shimano wheels, the Duro Shimano wheels? Uh, mm. Unless they're stocked on a Pinarello that came stock from a bike, yeah, but very rarely. Yeah, okay. Which that always surprises me that that doesn't seem to get any traction, but it just doesn't seem to have any kind it's of. It's a weird price cool point. Yeah, it, it, there's nothing that like wows you. And I heard the Freya body on it, and I was like, oh. Mm. Yeah. Heard the free hub. Are people buying wheels based on the free hub body sound? Yeah, is that a yeah, thing? I swear. Yeah, haven't you the, watched these videos? They're, they're, they're the, like the, the tactic. The biggest moment. I got people who literally say, I want those wheels with that loud hub. From like, they'll pull my Instagram video and be like, Give me, I want this one. I'm like, I'm like okay. Can't yeah, you just change you. the oil in the hub? Doesn't that make it louder? The tactic hubs, I don't know. They have this really loud, obnoxious sound that sounds an- amazing. It sounds like a Honda Civic, like just that's been just butchered. But it sounds the amazing. analytics on the analytics on his video would just be like the first sort of thirty seconds for the wait, and then everyone just skips to the <laughs> end to see the free hub sound. That's that's how it works, right? Right, you just cut the, the fat. Let's just go yeah. weigh it, spin the free hub, end yep, it forty five seconds. Yeah. I could I could easily I could wait, give a nice little tap on the top tube, and a free hub body. Yep. But I did a video on Instagram on my Instagram where I uh, I showed off a tactic hub in my store, and I had my guys spinning it. And it's just us screaming at this tactic hub as loud as we can, like like morons. It got eight point two million views, and people Jeez. like people like I love the sound of that. I'm like holy cow, and like it's just like I go, I have three Princeton's. One has a tune hub, one has another hub. I'm like no, no, and then the tactic hub's like, ah, and we're like, and then it's just all four is like yeah, and it just as a sounds- rider, I hate it. I hate the sound. I hate the sound of someone else doing it. I hate the sound of my wheels doing it. <laughs> I would actively choose to not have a free hub sound like that because also you can hear when you're freewheeling and like in a race situation, like that's you don't want someone else to hear when you're freewheeling. In my opinion, yeah, like, yeah, but you 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 have. I feel like you have a different outlook on because you are definitely performance like, like that does make sense. You want to be as stealth as possible. Whereas I got people on group eyes that like they get they want me to know. That, yeah, they want to know they're behind me. Like, 
go faster, go faster. And they're just like backpedaling. Like, okay, dude, get off my wheel. It's like that at the chop, Chris. You kind of like let the person, I'm here by like backpedaling a bit so they can hear the screeching <laughs> of your heart. Be like, yeah, I got this. You're not going, you're going easy. And in a race, you do the opposite. I Like sometimes in a race, I purposefully keep pedaling so the person can't hear when you get on and uh, hopefully they'll, they'll pull for an extra 20, 30 seconds because before they realize you're getting in the draft. Yeah. What, so what, what is a tactic hub? That's another thing I've never heard of. Is that a brand it's, of hub? They just came out. They came onto the scene real quick. They were, I think they're a German company. And I believe I heard this. I've heard this stat. I don't know if it's true. They say the front and rear hub of this tactic hub are lighter than the rear hub of a DT Swiss 180. And it's the, supposedly they're they're supposedly they're a thousand dollars just for the hubs, front and rear, which is crazy. And it's a like machined, um, a, sh- a machined like fifty-two tooth ratchet in the back. That's like a one-piece kind of. It's it's supposed to be really lightweight. I don't know so too much about. You can get about. them on a Princeton build, can't you? Yes, that you can yeah. get them on. Yeah, you can get them on those, a Princeton yeah. build, or you can get them on a. You can buy them straight from that. Are you guys a big fan of wheel depth or no? So the look the the favorite the. The best wheels I reckon I've ever ridden were the WTO 45s. They were my favorite. My only Great issue wheels. with them was they're a bit old school in terms of their uh, internal rim depth. I would have liked them to be like 21 or wider. They were probably even like 19 or much less. I can't remember. But like as far as just a, a super fast tubeless wheel, I, I absolutely loved those, definitely. Um but yeah, that's that's kind of me. Somewhere between like thirty, let's say thirty six to forty five would be my kind of my my sweet spot. I reckon with a nice twenty eight. Yeah, we got hills. That's a problem. It's like I know. So I have a new set of Caden eighty mil wheels, which are nice. I've got fifty fives, and I've got the Windspace thirty threes, and okay. I know the eighties and the fifty fives are faster. But if if I'm going for a ride, I just I just can't help but put the thirties on. They just yeah. feel so much nicer to ride, even though I know they're not as fast. So racing, yes, I'll always put the deeper wheels on. But there's just something that f- is so enjoyable about riding a light, shallower wheel that I just love yeah. for a training ride. If you don't feel like you're getting worked. You don't feel like you're working against a bike. I would say definitely with the shallower wheel. I feel like it's just it just does respond. It gets going a little bit quicker. Yeah. So, but you've probably got, I mean, you're in Florida, so it's flat, but you've probably see a lot of people that have never ridden a 30 mil deep wheel because why would they? And they would, wouldn't yeah. really, if you're never going up a hill. You probably don't understand. No, exactly. The, the biggest is. hills we got are a bridge. I got people converting shiv TT bikes into road drop down handlebar bikes with like a, a 65 mil in the front and a full disc in the back riding a bunch <laughs> rides or group rides and like just don't care. And, uh, yeah, I mean, literally, we. I think once I get, if I do a Strava segment on my on my bike, from my house, it's forty miles, so I think about sixty kilometers. I'll do a sixty kilometer ride, and it'll be about 200, 200 feet of elevation, a whole ride, which is like nothing. And we just hit a bridge. It's just wind. All we got is wind. So if you ran, actually, because I've seen someone running a, a time trial bike as a road bike in a crit here. Why does that not work? Is it just the handling? Oh, okay, weight aside of the frame, is it just the handling? Because the geometry would be different, wouldn't it? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know. I never wrote it. Uh, maybe I'm guessing the rake of the fork or the it's very far off. I don't know. It probably don't know. the ride quality would probably also be absolutely horrendous because <laughs> it's a huge drop. No I know it's a huge drop. 
There's not a lot of spaces underneath there, so it was a big drop. Yeah. Your videos on YouTube seem to upload yep. in an HDR format. Yeah. So, are you, so Jesse and I are like watching them over the weekend, and we're like, is he editing this like on his phone and just uploading it directly <laughs> from his phone? You must be, because if you run it through <laughs> Final Cut, it would lose the HDR. But no, could, he could, he could, he could, uh, he could edit it in an HDR. No, quiet, like in a. Oh, what's you're just thinking? Give me some insight. It. What's going I'm on? I'm just, I'm, I'm a full on caveman when it comes to it. I built my own PC, but everything Legend. is just done on here. Yeah, I literally, okay. I literally will yeah. film it and I'll hold it like this. I don't use a gimbal. I don't use anything. I film like I this. Yeah, everyone knows. <laughs> I don't even when I get like, it's like. <laughs> I'll film it and then I'll go into like iMovie and then I'll just be like, boom, uh, no edit, uh, no edit. And yeah. I'll just do everything one take. And if I screw up six minutes into the video, I will scrap it and do it again. And wow. like, like I've been doing walk around the parking lots and I'll have like a homeless guy come behind me and be like, hey, guy, got any money or anything? I'm like, oh, I'm making a video, man. Give me a second. <laughs> like, like, like I swear I have to start all over again or like the <laughs> wind or like, or like I'll start talking, like a bird will start chirping. I'll lose my train of thought. I'll be like, um, um, I'm like, damn it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I reckon and the I back just, of your hand is like the most famous part because it's like when you're <laughs> when you're like talking, it's just like back of the hand angle. Brilliant. Yeah, so you it, do just edit on the phone. That's so cool. Yeah. No, it's not. Like I, people might think it's cool. I feel really embarrassed. Like I have been recognized outside the bike store, like at Disney World, my kids, and the, and the dad was in the pool and he's like, GC performance. He's like, oh, dude, I love your videos. I'm like, I'm always thinking to myself, like, like why do you like, I, I don't feel like I, I, I get it. It's cool information, but like, like I, I, I always watch you guys' videos. I'm like, these guys are like YouTubers, videographers, the editing. But like me, I'm like, I'm like, hey guys, uh, okay. I'm like, done. And upload, here, uh, here we are wondering how you've kept HDR on your videos. Yeah, <laughs> like, he must be like running it through yeah. another box, and then he's like, oh, like it's like so good. No, yeah. yeah, it's just it's just an upload, and I and I think that it um it blurs. I don't know how bad it is to upload via wirelessly because i think it does blur like like their surroundings around it but i don't know it, i want to get better i want to be like you guys with a camera and a gimbal and the mic and the wireless mic and i've seen the guy who's filmed me for my videos and guys it's just crazy it's like it's amazing setup and i'm very but do you do you, who else who else do you watch who else do you watch on youtube actually everyone i i make yeah, it uh i make it a point so when i started this youtube thing and i started to do it i made it a point to treat it like customer service like my store so when I was doing these videos at first, like the SL7 and the pandemic time, I've made it a point, like my wife would hate me, but they'd be like, babe, I got to answer comments and I'd be answering comments every single one I could. And the comments back then were much more questions, like, like so much more, um, they wanted to know more, but now that the bike's been out for so long, but like any kind of question that I see that I can answer and be helpful, I try my best. So, uh, but I watch, I study everyone's videos. I know it sounds like a geek, but I watch all yours, Charles, uh, Cam, um, uh, Chris Miller, Evans Mountain Bike Saga. I mean, everyone. I watch mountain bike videos. I watch the new guys. I watch the old guys, big timers, and I see what's hot. We um we we did a bit of a deep dive over the weekend, didn't we, Jesse? Kind of seeing seeing what people are see what people are doing there. It seems like to me, look from the outside looking at it at the moment, like the kind of the almost like the ride vlog sim thing seems to have like died. I think yeah, a bit well, of a death. except for Francis Cade, he does an amazing job. Yeah. So, but here's here's what I reckon, and we talked about this. Like, 
I reckon what we don't get is like a lot of people watch cycling YouTube content while they're on a trainer. Yeah. And so like it's almost like you've got to almost think about that's that's what the audience is mm. doing at the time, you know? Yeah. They're not like sitting down with the family in the evening and going, okay, let's let's see what no, Grant's exactly. doing this yeah. evening, shall we? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I, I do agree with that. And I also think that like like you said, the vlogging I think has definitely died down. I think a much more um just I think I think the China bills are really into the, the things right now. Um but I definitely noticed a fall off of my views and also a fall off of my comments. Like before when I suppose back during the pandemic time, 2020, 2021 and two, much more interaction much more people interested in those builds and then i think just with inflation and the prices of bikes now people are just like it used to be like hey can i run a, a an access wide crank or can i run this kind of configuration with this and i'd be like yeah for sure and i'd be so happy and then just like over the three years of youtube it's just like i like post a video and it's the first thing heavy piece of shit sled yeah. i'm like okay uh <laughs> like i'm like i'm saw you cracking the shits at that in the comments you, you <laughs> sometimes you pin a comment like Shut the fuck up about yeah, how light your fuck is. I'm, I'm telling you, man. Like, I, I'm just like, I come home. I'm just like, I feel like a beaten wife. I'm like, like, sorry about the weight of the bike. Couldn't help it today. And uh, I'm like, I just post them for you guys. And then people are like, why do you even show these bikes off? I'm like, because of there's that one guy who's looking to buy a bike. And this is the bike he wants. He's going to get everything he needs for this video, hopefully. You want to talk bikes? Should well, we talk should we bikes? What's going on? So um, I've got this feeling that we're all going to well the the industry is going to push us back towards the aero bike it kind of feels like we've done this okay the sl7 maybe is the poster boy of this thing being the one-stop shop like it's the it's kind of aero it's kind of climby type thing i sort of feel like the narrative's going to change with this whatever the next releases are to be back to a more aero thing like a venji style thing in the specialized world are you like? Are you feeling any of that from the industry? Benji. Are you willing to take a punt, or what are you thinking? I, I do think Specialized is is missing that aero bike. I mean, Trek has kept their aero bike alive. The Monda and the Madone. Um, BMC has their Team Machine and Time Machine. Pinarello still just does their own thing with that one bike, but um, that aero bike is needed. I mean, I think that they, it gives them an option now. When the Tarmac SL7 first came out, that helped us out. A hundred percent because of the fact that when there was an SL6 in Venge, you had no idea how many times I'd be showing a guy a bike like this and they'd be like, oh, I think I'm sold in the Venge. I like this bike a lot. And like one bike over would be like an S-Works SL6. Like, but what's that? I'm like, okay, that's just like, it's a good bike. He's like, can I ride it on here? I'm like, yeah, but kind of not. Like that one's definitely better. Why? Well, it's just more aero. And like, it's just like, it was always like, it's just a guy with money who just like, he just didn't, he saw the two and kind of just conflict him. And like, instead of it just being a sale, he just kind of be like, ah, well, I don't know. I got to mm -hmm. think about it. Mm -hmm. um, but definitely for the hardcore enthusiasts, I will say this, and this is just me speaking freely. The people who rode the Venge in Florida where it's meant to be ridden in flat areas definitely said that had the Venge and went to the SL7, definitely said that the, that top end speed, that Venge was a faster bike. I mean, it, it, it for sure was. And there was a reason why they use it for flat stages. And it was a stiff bike, a very, very stiff bike. But, I mean, people who race and rode and can endure that stiffness absolutely love the results of the bike. It was a cool bike. I liked it a lot. A combined aero bike? Hmm. Like the SL8 will just be a, a more aero version of the SL7? I feel like that's not going to be good enough. No, I think, okay, this is, what, this is my 
hope for Specialized. I hope that Specialized takes the lightweight Athos Carbon, makes the Tarmac SL8 with some aero properties, and they just have this like 6.8 kilo Tarmac aero bike that they have. It's just a crazy killing climbing bike. And a lot of GC contenders will be using it. I'm sure Remco will be using the mountains for that. And then I want them to just make this like full on, like not a hybrid aero bike, just like a Venge, massive chunky carbon bike that's like, hey, this is an aero bike. And uh, separate the two and just make one stupid lightweight and one that's like stupid aero. And I think it'll be really badass. Yeah, which has already been done. That's kind of what that Ribble Ultra, I don't know if you saw that bike. Remember that, the Ribble Ultra? Have you yeah. had any experience with that? Because I'm looking at that going, that's miles ahead of anything else, aerodynamically. I, I, I got the, I got the, I actually had a customer bring one to my store and I did a video on it and the, the fork is huge, dude. I mean, it's, it looks crazy, Arrow. It's a tank. It's heavy. I rode it around the block because he let me ride around the block and it just felt tankish. But I could imagine, <laughs> I could imagine in a group setting, he had 65 hunts on there and it was a Ribble with a Altec Idea 2. I can imagine in a group setting that thing just is like, like a hundred cadence. Like this is easy, like mm. like twenty eight miles an hour. Whatever, I'm sure it just cruises. But I'm sure if you take it anywhere else, it's a tank. So, do you think that's the fastest, the most aerodynamic bike you've ever seen? Would you say? Seen? Uh, um, maybe yeah. Like road bike. It, it had a lot I feel of. Like weird... it's low key underrated. Like because it's it just had... a ribble. But you look at it, and you're like, this is way faster than a Madone. The handlebar is just crazy. I don't like it looks cool. It looks bad. Like it just looks different. And that's I always try to be progression forward. And I'm like, I don't like to judge things. I like to be like, hey, this looks weird, but it's maybe just looks weird because I haven't seen it yet. And this might be really cool. But um, yeah, it, it's it's it definitely was a very fast looking bike. Like you put it standing there and you're like, damn, I think it was fast. But uh have you had any have you heard any like the okay, people laugh, but like the Madone. Have you had any feedback on that? Because yeah. I, I haven't heard a thing, basically. So I'm kind right. of... It, uh, it, it's a very... I like the bike a lot. I like the bike a lot as a specialized store. I think it's a really cool bike. Um, the riders that I know are riding, my friends at a Trek store are riding it. And it just... It's very... I got to, again, I got to ride it uh, around a couple blocks. Get up to speed, 25, 26. Very sturdy. Like, like top end speeds, it feels nice. It feels nimble still. It doesn't feel tankish. Like it still feels kind of light. It feels snappy. You step on it, it goes. Someone attacks you, it feels like it can go. But um, it just feels planted, like solid. Like, yeah. Like, what's uh, it, it, what's it, that retailing for in the US? 13.1 USD? Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. we were looking at that 20. one on the way back, weren't we? Yeah. Which, which was an Altegra build, wasn't it, Jesse? Yeah, the Altegra build was, I think the Altegra build was like 13.5. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then the like top of the line one was 20. Yeah. yeah. I, I will say that that's a cool thing about Trek, and I wish more companies did that, that they that they spec their top-tier frame with lower-end components. Now, some yeah. people will say that, that the company doesn't want to devalue their product, but, I mean, if they're going to buy the frame anyways and build up like that, why not offer it and make more money? Because that, that's what we were talking about. We were like, well, shit, it's just an Altegra build. Like, yeah. it, it looked like the same frame, the same carbon. Yeah, like, yeah that, I, got the spec, I got the specs up here. Can I go into them? Because I find yeah. this fascinating. Okay, yeah. so Madone SLR9 Gen 7, so the top of the range ones with Dura-Ace, is, is $18,000. The one below, which is with Ultegra, is 13300 So like five and a half grand cheaper. But it's Pretty the cut. same frame. 
Exact yeah. same series carbon. So for that for that new frame, they only make one carbon level. Oh, yeah. That's they don't make they don't make uh they they kept the old Madone design in there for a cheaper price point option. Yeah, because yes. that yes. seems like way that. better value. So all you're getting yeah. is Dura Ace, and the wheels are instead of Aeolus Pro Fifty One, they're Aeolus Race Shop Limited. Which but is, there was no yes. there's no frame only option from what I saw. Really? Is that right, Jesse? Uh, not on the Australian website. Yeah, maybe that's just the Aussie thing. Yeah, they might, they might, I think they have. They one seem to. Too. I've noticed that here that that, and that I think we alluded to this the other week that a lot of the brands aren't letting you. It's they want you to 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 spec it really with, with their build. And yeah. that's in Australia. Well, this is this is kind of what we're seeing because I think that they, they've they've got an allotment that they've got to try and move, and so they gotcha. don't want to. Yeah, but that, who's buying seemingly. frame sets anyway? What are you going to do with a frame set? It would cost a fortune to then buy a group set. And then, uh, actually, yeah. can I speak on that real quick? Because I mean, it used to be back in the day that the frame sets and building it how you wanted to, there was this kind of like idea that like, I don't know. I, I've heard both ways. I heard that it used to be like, if you're picking out your way, it was gonna be more expensive. I'm building these things up now, almost, I hate to say, cheaper than manufacturer price points. I am. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm getting it like like the crazy final build. It's like, I don't know how. I, I don't know how. So is that you as the shop buying the components separately to the frame yeah. and the wheels? Buy from yeah, Shimano. Okay. I mean, I got contracts from Shimano Ceram. See, we, we um, don't we don't have a shop that would have the clout to do that because you're 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 not you're already dealing with a, another middleman in Australia. So yeah, you, you're like specialized really aren't, okay. aren't able to do that here. Well, but you could buy a. What do you mean, Chris? Because you could buy a group set just. From bike bike. Yeah, but he's but Grant's saying that he's able to get his prices, his build price. So he's actually building them in store, right? So he's no, buying a. F- yeah, so uh, right. I'm buying I'm buying the frame from Specialized. I'm buying the components from Shimano. I'm buying the wheels from wherever. See, that wouldn't happen here. Like Clarence Street Cyclery oh. wouldn't be doing that. They they'd be bringing in the whole package. There's no way they would be buying the Trek frame and then going to Specialized, going to Shimano and getting yeah. that. I mean, you know, because if you don't order enough, there is obviously they don't give you as good of a deal as like if we bulk order um, for group sets and parts and that. So I don't know if the margin's worth it to them. I just don't understand why anyone would do like, what's the benefit of doing that grant? Who are the people building up frame sets? Because the specs that these things come with are pretty good. Uh, like you advantage? said, uh, it's an old uh, school and, mentality. Like I, I would have done that back in the day. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah. well, like, like in this matter of, I had a guy who bought an SL7 8 frame or SL7. Tarmac SL7 frame. He didn't like the paint, so he painted it. He bought the Durace group set for me, but he wanted to choose crank arm length. And then he bought the wheels because he wanted the white decal, not the black decal. So like, like he just wanted to pick and choose his colors. And same thing as well. I mean, I have so many people that build up SL7s with a 105 DI2 spec, with an Altair DI2 spec, um, all the time. That's one of our most popular builds. I'm actually seeing more and more builds of top tier bikes like Pinarellas, Trek Madones, SL7s. Um, all with Altegra DI2, and it's becoming more popularized. I mean, that Altegra group set is phenomenal. Yeah, the only see. thing that's just, it's, it's, it's just like a bragging right, really, to buy a Durace. Hmm. Just for Not snobs for you, like Chris. me. Not for you. Yeah. Oh, I guess between the 12 speed ones, it is. I was, yeah. you, you, you were saying, oh, I'd potentially go back to ring brake, but then I have to go back to the 11 speed group set, and I just, it's not as good. Not as good. Doesn't do it. <laughs> yeah. Really? You, so you like the 12 speed that much more? 
But then, hang on, I, the, the, the caveat here is I came from someone riding a prototype FSA 12-speed group set for 12 months. And it, let's yeah, just yeah. say, I was like, I actually laughed, actually, Jesse, when we hit the bottom of um, uh, Perisher this weekend in the, in the event, and that's where my, where my FSA group set shat itself last time. We spent like 20 minutes on the side of the road banging the battery, trying to wake it back up. And I, and this time it was like yeah whatever I'm just mashing oh my, my gears with my with my schmars. I never saw the FSA in in store ever. There's a reason for that. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe one day. <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. that more companies aren't doing group sets. I mean I don't know why no one rivals Shimano or SRAM. I don't know why. You got Magura that could probably make a nice group set. You got yep. Tektro. I mean I, I, if I was a company I'd go straight after these guys. I mean I had so many people that ask. Me if Brembo Brembo makes this because it, Brembo is a car braking, um, like a really high end car braking uh, hydraulic disc brake. It's like oh, like I would just assume that you could just a name like Brembo could come into the game and make a brake and charge out the ass and people will buy it. It's like it's like they have such Shimano and SRAM and Campy have such a strong hold on the whole industry, um, and they just set the prices. It's crazy. Yeah. Whereas you think there's only three of those guys, and then. Dozens or if not hundreds bicycle manufacturers. What bikes did Jesse Coyle buy? Can, can, can you sell Jesse Coyle a bike maybe? Is that, is that, how, we, is that how we finish? I hate, I hate selling people bikes, man. I'm, yeah. I'm not good at it. Uh, I mean, I can, I can definitely, I know buzzwords. I know, I know, I know buzzwords. I mean, like, like definitely there's, there are some buzzwords in the industry. Uh, uh, lighter. <laughs> okay. So obviously I'm going to do, I'm going to do the first, I'm going to do like the easy tier, like the, the base model buzzwords, lighter, faster, stiffer. Then you have the mid-level is like aero, compliant, compliant. Um, uh, back to, or efficient, no, efficient. Did I say that one? Yeah, efficient, like efficient is really good. And then like the top tier ones, I get people like really going. If I start talking fast, I'm like, I'm like, this thing's snappy, responsive, uh, speedy. Like just like I should start going and people like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. But again, that's if they're interested in it. I don't like to push people on it because like, you know, it's hard for me to sit there and sell someone and say, hey, I have an SL6. Sell me SL7. I'm like, this thing's way faster. I don't know. So what's your, your Jesse ride? So he's got, he does, he does crits. You know, probably does a, he rides some summer crits. He also uh, does like, he does fondos, but um, hilly, hilly enough fondos, definitely. Um, he doesn't really do sort of much road racing as such anymore. Definitely not any kind of off-road thing. Like he's, he's got the gravel bike for, for that setup. Um, he's all about value and being in touch with, uh, in touch with the common man. So like, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so he's a bit of a tight ass in that regard. That, that, but that's yeah, your bike well, behind you, right, Jesse? Yeah, I'm a really it's it's my really value oriented S Works Diverge of <laughs> 2019 with Durace okay. and Ceramic Speed Roval uh, wheels. Okay, yeah. So I I can tell you you so your stem looks slammed somewhat as much as you can with the Future Shock, right? Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna guess that you're not flexible at all. So we'll put you on Roubaix full stack. Positive yep. 17 degree stem upright. Yep. yep. And um, we'll get yep. you on like 165 cranks. Yep. <laughs> yep. 40, 44 uh, mil bars. 
44 mil bars, yeah. No, 46. 46, yeah. No, if I had to put you on any kind of bike, you're a Fondo rider. I would, I mean, you sound like you do a lot of endurance riding. Yep. Can do. Yeah. A tarmac SL7. A tarmac, it's super compliant. It's, <laughs> oh. it, you know, it's super compliant, but if you get up on the pedals and you want to go, it goes. Oh, okay? she's snappy. <laughs> it's, uh, she's snappy. She's responsive. Someone attacks on you, you're going to attack right back. You'll probably he win the sprint. You'll probably win every race over to them, Jesse. You just freewheel yeah. over. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I actually had a lot of people back in the day ride the Roubaix. Uh, Roubaix with the Future Shock. Negative 17 degree stem to offset that Future Shock. And to kind of keep it like that. And they absolutely loved that Roubaix because it was more air than the SL6. And it was comfortable and they were able to ride it. So I mean, what about I think- this, Grant? If I came into your shop, because this is yeah. a, could be a scenario. I don't want disc brakes because I don't like the maintenance. Yeah. so easy to maintain a rim brake bike. So if I came into your shop and said, hey, Grant, looking for a new bike. I still want to ride rim brakes. What do you got for me? Could you do anything? Or would you just uh, have to tell me to go away? As of right now, I have the Allay aluminum frame Ugh. rim brake, which is $1,000. Or I do have wind space now. But again, like you would be, if you came in my store and you're like, hey, I'm assuming if you want rim brakes, you might be like, well, who the hell is wind space? And then like, I'll be like, oh, it's a great company. And I have to sit there and sell you and be like, ah, because there are actually, I think there's a good amount of companies that still do rim brake. General Dogma. Oof. Okay. Yeah. 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 You just have, you yeah, just man, have to drop. You just have to drop like eight You're grand man on of the frame. people, Jesse. Yeah. Mm. All right. <laughs> the people. Sold. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it does suck that they're not doing it. I we always joked about this in the store that let's say three years from now they just come out with this like Founders Day Edition tarmac rim brake ultralight bike and like they make it exclusive limited edition and I'm sure it'll sell the tits off everything. We saw a I few of those uh, on the weekend, Chris. They're, they're like, stick it to the man. They've rolled out their old rim bake frame and they've got, the, they've got like five kilo builds. It's just a, it seems like a big F you to the, to the industry. That's it, yeah, 100%. I, I reckon, so we, we kind of paid a little bit of attention. We were like, what, what's the bike of the, of the Snowy Classic? Like we kind of looked around, right? And I, that's the first time in a few years I've done one of those events where you looked around and it was an obvious, I reckon, pushback from and the demographic was probably my age and up and it was all kind of uh kind of box section alloy rim wheels but on you know focuses alco maxes or uh bianchi specialismas or um i'm trying to think what the other kind of ones were like cannondale super Mm. sixes heaps of that kind of clear pushback that you know that's not what we wanted a lot of shram mechanical shram red mechanical Yeah, it brings me back to the to the used market. I mean, there's such great value on there. I mean, it's not what you want, yeah. But I mean, like, if I was in the market today looking for a bike and spend three or four grand, I could probably get like a sick SL6 with like some like uh, EE cycle work brakes and like 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 dialed up to the T like four grand rim brake. Yeah. And it's 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 crazy how much they devalue over time. Yeah. But also, That's I mean, it, I was the- gonna ask you that question. I mean, you guys ride a lot and you guys race a lot. Uh, how, what's like the age you see younger riders nowadays riding or is it more mostly 30? I don't see a lot of young riders come to my store at all anymore. We're, we've always been pretty weird here because like we funnel all juniors into track. Okay. 
which, yeah, <laughs> it's just uh, I, you know, I, I understand the reasons they do it. And it, a lot of the kind of institutes and funding models all push the, the juniors into, into track. So that's sort of, we don't, I don't know, you can probably correct me if I'm wrong, Jesse, but like in terms of like junior tours and all that kind of stuff, it's super limited as what those guys can do now. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen a dramatic change in it. Um, as far as like the, the people kind of Jesse's age and up who are sort of getting into it, there's, there's been clearly a plateau to the, to the post COVID sort of stuff. And you've seen, you've seen that sort of drop off of the guys who, um, who, yeah, got, got into it at a, at a certain point, but I will say this, like, and this is super noticeable in Sydney, you've, you are seeing a far more kind of diverse, um, demographic of people actually starting to ride. And by that, I mean, like of all ethnic backgrounds, like the, it's really kind of changed. I've noticed that massively this weekend, like lots of, lots of uh, guys with Filipino backgrounds, lots of guys of Indian backgrounds, all suddenly starting to do, do the sport. So maybe, maybe that's where it's, maybe that's where it's going to head. Like, you know, it it just was weird to me. I just, I'm, I'm trying to think, I don't know if it's, I have a, I have a kid working in my store now is 20. And like he's like the Gen Z TikTok super hard, and I'm like I'm like what like I'm like what do you do with your your free time? And he's like oh I gym and then like I I eat McDonald's. I'm like bro like, like I don't I, it's it's like I, like he knows like I'm really good buddies with him. I just joke with him all the time. But like I'm like he's like I'm like do you ever want to get on a bike? Like he we brought him in just for his retail value because he used to work at a, a department store, and we need someone to answer phones politely and help out customers with walk-ins. And uh, I he has no interest in bicycles, but he just is good at a retail service. I'm like, I'm like, do you have any friends that ride bikes? He's like, no. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of weird. Mm. It is pretty. Well, it is expensive. Like, yeah. if I was, if I was my when I get into cycling, I was think I was like 21. If that was me now coming into it, it would be a lot more unaffordable. Even Very not true. okay. But we know we've talked about bikes the entire episode, so the entire show. So we know bikes are getting expensive. But even just like. Race costs, travel costs, fuel, yeah, accommodation. Yeah. It's like really expensive to Yeah, yeah that's true. Race, uh, especially had, if you're into racing. I had to say, I think I think back when I was starting and they were riding, the lays back then were like five hundred bucks. Yep. Like a nice aluminum race bike with a Claris and it was it was good looking. Okay, I reckon we covered just about everything that's ever been said about bikes today. Thank you so much, GC. Thanks, Grant, for joining us. Jesse for dialing in and overcoming your many, many technological issues all right guys we will see you super soon hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.